welcome to Queers & Co, the podcast on self-empowerment, body liberation and activism for queer folks and allies. I'm your host, Jem Kennedy. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a transformational practitioner and coach living in the UK. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Queers & Co. I, <laughs> I took a break last week because I was feeling quite overwhelmed with everything I had to do, so I moved integration week to a week earlier. And then somehow I didn't quite manage to get around to sorting the episode for this week. But after talking to two of my friends last night, I realised that my self-care had tipped into procrastination. So I'm back and I've um, managed to edit this episode and I'm very excited to share it with you. Sometimes the admin for the episode can feel a little bit overwhelming, but something that really helped me think about it in a different way was remembering that Uh, Yes, sometimes the admin can be tricky and can take a lot of time, but actually it's all with the purpose of getting the podcast out. So after one of my friends reminded me of that, I just felt like, yeah, okay, good point. So (laughs) now I'm getting on with, with putting the message out there and making sure that I can introduce you to all of my guests rather than making you wait because I'm really happy with the podcasts. So here is another guest for you to listen to and they are super interesting and when they agreed to record an episode with me I was a little bit starstruck. So this person is an artist, photographer and documenter who has a keen eye for preserving and collaborating with other queer artists, making images and portraits which explore performance and transforming identities. Her work is archived at Bishopsgate Institute in London she is on the queer scene in a big way so if you go to any kind of cool queer underground drag live art performances chances are my guest is there and involved so without further ado let me introduce you to the legendary holly revel hi holly thanks so much for joining me hello (laughs) it's so nice to have you here (laughs) yeah it's great to be here i feel very honored thank you Oh, not at all. So um, we've just been talking about before we started recording all of the things that we want to to cover and there's quite a lot. So um, it'll be really great if we can jump in with you just introducing yourself and how you identify in um, sort of all different aspects. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I'm a sort of photographer, an artist, documenter, archivist of kind of uh, queer performance culture people. It's mostly London based. I think it's quite good to... Um, I mean, I'm not averse to um, going outside of London, but it's quite good to have a, a sort of solid focus, I guess, or something. And I can't go everywhere. Um, so, so yeah, that's what I do. Um, identifying. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, you know, I'd call myself a queer woman. Um, we were just talking about how when I first, the first sort of identity that I I felt very proud of was uh, to be a fag hag when I was um, very much living my life on the gay male scene. And I'm fully aware of uh, all the sort of negative attributions to that and so on. But it it was where I first felt properly seen for, for myself, despite all the misogyny around that, that I was com- very happily oblivious to at the time and so on. Um, but finding kind of queer community over the past sort of, I don't know, 12 years or so maybe, um, I feel, yeah, I sort of feel more equal and just fully immersed and so on. Yeah, so um, gosh, where to start? I feel like I have loads of questions about how your work has developed alongside your, um, I guess, your experience in the queer community and before that, the gay community specifically. Were you already doing work in in the gay scene or was it not until you got to the 
the queer scene that you started to really record queer culture and events and artists? Yeah, so, I mean, I graduated from a degree in fine art in 2001, um, and I'd say the two decades either side of that degree, (laughs) I was kind of in the wilderness. Uh, The 90s, I was very much a groupie, hanging out with bands and so on. I always had a camera. In those days, there was like, you know, just one person with a camera, and that was me. Um, So I was always taking photos, but it was more just, you know, it was like a diary thing. I certainly had no idea it was art. I mean, photography wasn't even a a subject back then, not for me anyway. Um, So I guess I've I've always taken pictures, and and I think it's often been, oh, my God, I can't believe that I'm part of this, that I'm here, and so on. I've always sort of pushed myself to go out on my own um, to be in, in the places that I want to be and sort of meet the people that I want to meet. Um, and uh, yeah, always taking pictures. But uh, yeah, then I, so yeah, doing a, the degree in fine art, um, photography was certainly not art. <laughs> um, so I was always still fascinated with photography, but I, um it was very theoretical when I was doing my degree, um, sort of uh, being a sort of photographer, especially documenting other people was the, the lowest of the low. And I'd have been horrified if I'd have seen where my career might go. I've lost my thread. What was the question? No, that's so interesting. Just about how, how you got into photography in the queer community. Were you doing it um, in the gay community before or was it just that um, yeah, did, yeah. did the two things happen at the same time? Right. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, so in the 90s, I was taking pictures of the bands and my mates and all of us um, doing what we were doing back then. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> um, I actually I was just showing some of those to one of the people who's in one of my current projects. And um, and they, they were quite fascinated <laughs> by it. Lots of people on oh. acid. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I'm thinking about making some of that into a zine. Um, mm. Yeah. So then after my degree I I moved straight to London I I did my degree just outside London anyway um and accidentally got a job in a gay bar and uh, I mean I was already going to gay clubs and stuff like that but then I I sort of became sort of friends sort of a core group of gay men and me you know so I had my my uh what do you call them gaggle of gays if you like so it's penny penny arcade (laughs) um in bitch Dyke, Faghag Hoare, um, I remember her speaking of that, you know, there's always a faghag with four or five gays sat around her. And I remember being very proudly identifying as I was sat at a table with my gaggle of gays at her show. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I, you know, they were my, became my sort of best friends in London post-university. So it was, it was predominantly partying and that, but it was always thinking up ideas, um, to make work and I kind of I was I mean I, I wasn't a photographer then and I, I I guess I didn't really have any confidence in anything I was doing artistically but I, I had a lot of ideas and I was starting to practice sort of photography more as a a thing as opposed to a theoretical thing you know in practice and that and then I did start photographing some of the cute boys that I was hanging around with so I guess that's yeah that's when I first started taking photos more seriously and and having a you know more consciously as art um and it was great having all these beautiful boys to to sort of practice on um and I yeah I was doing lots of nudes um sort of lots of studio stuff um 
uh, what was I doing? I've kind of forgotten. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it was very, <laughs> I, I think it's, again, I just couldn't believe that these beautiful young things were my uh, very good friends and then they were, you know, sort of giving me the freedom to 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 take photos of them however I liked. So it was a brilliant way to kind of learn my, what has become my trade, my craft and so on. Um, but I did always have th- more theoretical ideas Um as well and they did come into fruition later so probably around 2010 I started doing some stuff but yeah I might just stop there for a moment (laughs) sure so thinking about um you mentioned confidence that at at the beginning you didn't really have the confidence to do the work maybe that you might have wanted to do and how did that confidence grow was there anything in particular that you did or anything that happened that helped that to to grow yeah definitely um so I guess that's when I sort of first started meeting people that um that told me that 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 what I was doing was really cool so I so the first what I'd call the first sort of proper artwork if you like that I did sort of post uni I did some really good stuff at university and I was quite confident there but then Mm. you're thrown into the wilderness and you know the fine art world where I definitely didn't fit into that and I'm not sure this is the place to talk about class and so on, and it can be a bit, uh, but um, I had no idea that it was all a lot to do with class, let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's another conversation. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so anyway, my big, big piece, which um, kind of, I guess is how I started to meet people, was this thing called Darkroom, um, which was a sort of photo booth installation kind of immersive experience thing happening um and the first place that I did that was a night called night of the senses which was the erotic awards night um one of the first people I'd met kind of on the scene was mouse um who if you don't know her work is a kind of a a very an erotic performer but very avant-garde um uh, very much known for her water fountains. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you want more detail? I can get that. Anyway, she um, got me kind of into those nights. And although, and these were like big sex parties with all sorts of immersive art going on all over the place and just all sorts happening. So it wasn't just about sex because that wasn't quite my thing if you like <laughs> but, but it was just a brilliant place to uh to try stuff out and and people were giving me a platform and um and into what I was doing so darkroom was it was you know I was still like I can't take pictures I you know I wasn't interested in taking pictures of the other performances going on and mm-hmm. like people and stuff like that um so it was still very theoretical um at that time and it was so it was based on my experiences going out with the gays and my my nights ending abruptly outside this mysterious place called the dark room way too often. Um, and also my sort of interest in photography and its history and that. And I was kind of also looking at sort of the digitalization of photography around then and wondering which way to go and mm-hmm. there being too much photography but I love photography what do I do with it uh photography is brilliant just in making things happen and that so um and it was about slowing photography down so what it actually was I'd have a space like um that I'd completely black out and I'd have mm-hmm. the camera on a tripod and do these really long exposure images um of 
Uh, it depended on the context. So at the sort of the, the night of the senses things, it would be lots of people having sex or, you know, just being kinky, dressed up whatever um lots of sort of gay sex so I kind of created <laughs> the dark room that I was allowed in uh, and I was in front of the camera um using a torch um to, to as the lighting so mm-hmm. it was quite performative on my part as well sometimes there'd be tiny and really intimate one-on-one experiences other times they were like we'd have an audience as well um so I'd very much be more sort of performing the role of the photographer I guess if you like Mm then um yeah and it was really cool and uh, and through doing that so in 2010 I was suddenly on um the same bill as some of the performers that I'd been following around for a couple of years um like Scotty Johnny Wu people like that who were starting to do interesting things I guess that was around the time I'd sort of just going out hardcore clubbing all weekend was maybe well I wouldn't say taking its toll because I'm still doing that a lot but I (laughs) I, (laughs) there was really interesting alternative interactive kind of um yeah like live arty kind of scene happening um Mm -hmm. around at that time and and then all of a sudden I got to be on the same bill but because I was in the dark room I never actually saw anything (laughs) that's really cool yeah 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 (laughs) so um and also then because that was taking off a bit but the people that were participating in that uh wanted good photos and at the time I was just taking blurry photos of stuff that was happening and I realized the pictures were um at least as important as the theory and I sort of thought maybe I need to start learning how to take pictures properly um yeah and you've you've photographed some of the most iconic as you're saying earlier like Scotty and Johnny we've um photographed some of the most iconic people in the London queer sort of live art scene over Mm. the years and yeah what has that been like yeah I mean when I like I still sort of get this when like it's all been very natural and organic but when I think of who these people are I'm like god how how did this happen like David Hoyle was like he so he was one of the first people to invite me to do something in one of his salons and you know obviously I knew his him you know I'd sort of gone to see some of his shows and so on in the past and seen him on the telly even um so that was like wow but I got to know him through Ashley Ryder who I knew through Mouse and so on um and then at a similar time yeah Scotty I think I offered my services to Scotty <laughs> I'd been chasing him around and I guess these were the kind of performers you know they were on the ground with the punters so you just got to know them and there there was no hierarchy if you like I mean there was a bit but it was easy to get to know them it was all very drunken and whatever but um Scotty did a lot of collaborative stuff as well and I you know I remember going to this like jam and tea uh conversation thing where I started talking about some really intimate issue in my life at that time that I'd never really said out loud to anyone on a one-on-one thing and that was part of the process of getting to know him I guess just going to some of his weird Sunday afternoon things where it wasn't in a party environment but um yeah so yeah and, and anyway with him he wasn't so at that point interested in my kind of dark room and my artwork but he was very interested in having someone document his work um mm. 
and I guess I must have got it well I was just like you know I was just really excited to work for Scotty so I was like yeah yeah zero experience in that kind of photography um yeah yeah you know I like (laughs) it really was blurry pictures and and nudes up until that point um so I I really learned on the job but I Mm -hmm. immediately was part of a team um and I guess he, you know, I was really useful to him and, and vice versa. That's a really horrible way of putting it, isn't it? But um, he really needed someone to document his work. I think, you know, he's he's always been very savvy and he taught me the creativity and the importance of, you know, particularly queer work and so on. Mm-hmm. And I did sort of realise there wasn't that much good documentation around maybe and that and... Um, I yeah it was just so much fun and I was you know getting to know people that I'd seen around a bit better sort of working on a more semi-professional level (laughs) still I mean I just used to be drunk all the time doing these jobs I'm like you know now I don't drink and I'm like it's like I'm really professional (laughs) but at the time I'd be you know I'd have a bottle of wine and go off and take the pictures and that um but yeah so and it developed um uh, yeah and you know like so hamburger queen I guess was one of my first proper jobs and I did all all of them except for the very first awesome. series yeah and uh, I you know I remember arriving um, like you know sort of before the show and that and, and sort of Scotty and Amy LeMay and um, a couple of sort of celebrities <laughs> kind of <laughs> I might not have well yeah no some celebrities were like sat there having their chips and um and so on and a good old gossip and uh I you know I was like quite shy I suppose you know it's quite intimidating but they were very welcoming and um I guess that really helped with my confidence as well for Great. sure yeah and I'm thinking um for anyone who doesn't know what hamburger queen is um how would you describe it because I went to the 2018 one and it was the best uh-huh. thing ever <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we were there. I probably said hello to you, actually. Yeah, um, I remember seeing you there. Yeah, so I photographed you then, I'm sure. Because uh, with Scotty's things, it was very much about photographing the audience as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, that's what my work was about, putting the audience in the sort of centre of the work initially. Um, yes, Hamburger Queen. Uh, so it was, <laughs> I don't know, what did he used to call it? Did he call it a sort of beauty pageant, talent show, cookery show for fat people, I guess? It was, yeah, um, it was just the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was the, certainly the first place that I'd heard, you know, the term fat be used in such a sort of bold, sort of, you know, positive, this sort of way. And it was just brilliant, messy hilarious ridiculous fun and I mean I was just like massively into all that kind of stuff anyway and and that's yeah that's uh yeah that was great um yeah Yeah. so you were at the posh one yeah unfortunately I didn't know about it before then Um, Uh, I wasn't on the scene but had I been it would have been absolutely my kind of thing it was so good I really hope Scotty brings it back at some point he did at the end he was kind of like shall we do it again (laughs) I remember everyone being like yes (laughs) I know well I think it had like three or four years break when it came back in 2018 so who knows that what's that going to be 2022 maybe (laughs) let's hope for 21 (laughs) yeah yeah 21 needs needs something like that (laughs) yeah oh it was so good um yeah and so 
maybe we should talk about one of your more um, more recent projects. And I've got your zine in front of me, the People mm. Like Us zine. And it's a work in progress. And it would just be, for anyone who hasn't seen it, you should definitely check it out. Um, it's just the most beautiful zine filled with incredible images of queer people and some of their words. And uh, Kyron Stamp, who was on um, an episode in the first series, and they shared one of their poems on their podcast that's also in the zine um and it's just beautiful it will be great to hear more about uh, how that came about and what the experience has been like creating it yeah thank you very much yes I'm glad you think it's beautiful um as we all know this year's been <laughs> been rather quiet so um, I got commissioned to make um something from this project um so the project people like us I've been working on for I don't know, two and a half, maybe three years, um, certainly a good sort of solidly for a couple of years or so. Um, and it's it's the the wider project. It's it's a much bigger project than this scene. Um, so it's working with all of the participants, a sort of AFAB assigned female at birth um, and have some form of relationship to masculinity, like sort of from, you know, whether they're a trans man to someone who's gender non-conforming or non-binary or, you know, to someone who um, identifies as a woman, um, but is kind of expanding what it is, you, you know, what what being a woman can be, and and sort of embracing their masculinity. So it's it's been really interesting. Um, it started uh, with a friend who um, was transitioning, um, and I'd I'd known them for a while, so I you know I was getting to know them in their new sort of name. They were playing with different names and I was learning so much from my friend uh, just you know from chatting to them being with them and I realized I didn't really know much really about this sort of side of the story I've worked a lot with um you know sort of from gay men to drag queens to sort of trans femme people and that but I I didn't really know many sort of trans masculine people or trans men um anyway uh, so Around that time, there were a few other people that I knew coming out as gender non-conforming and non-binary. Um, and I was just really starting to see some of the other people that I knew from sort of being out and about or from working, like um, sort of backstage people and that. Uh, but I'd never really seen them. And then once they sort of came out as non-binary and that, they they were just filling a room with this like, amazing energy. So I started chatting to more of my friends, um, someone like Krishna Ista, I've known since 2011, maybe, like from working with Ducky and that. Uh, you know, they were always an enigma, but I never really thought about their gender. They were just Krishna, whatever. Um, and certainly I wouldn't be the kind of person that sort of, asks about the you know in our world everyone's different and they're who you know however they are and that's brilliant and uh we just get on with it um so so yeah anyway it turned out that there was definitely a project to be had here and there was interest um and the most importantly I guess they yeah they were really up for it and they trusted me to do it and you know I'm sort of hyper aware that I'm not a trans person and so on um so this this project, you know, it's a collaborative project. It's, it's been cooperative, you know, from the start, um, sort of a cooperative approach um, where it's it's all about them, really. And I'm some kind of facilitator, I suppose. 
just popping in with your episodely reminder to pause, take a few breaths and have a drink of water if you haven't had one for a little while. And while you do that, just a quick reminder that I offer one-to-one sessions using a blend of techniques, including EFT, tapping, uh, transformational coaching and embodied techniques too. If you are interested in working with me, head to my website, gemkennedy.com, where you'll be able to find out more about the whole host of things that we could work on together and also register your interest on my waiting list. At the moment, I have a four to six week waiting list, but uh, if you're able to be flexible on time, then it can be a bit sooner, possibly too. And now I'll let you get back to Holly. So I'm wondering about the aesthetic of Dazeen because it is incredibly beautiful and there's like sparkles and jewels and different colours and textures and stuff. And was that, you said that um, each sort of participant had the chance to uh, kind of direct how they wanted things or to make suggestions. And were people kind of actively um, suggesting a way for their photo shoot to happen? Or was that you? Like, where did that kind of um, creativity come from? Yeah, good question. So yeah, this the the images in this zine are they're, they're like a very specific series, um, and they're all covered in glitter and using coloured light and so on. Things that I never normally do. <laughs> um, but the the wider project, there's a, there's so many different styles of photography in in the wider project. A lot of documentary, uh, quite a lot of body stuff, which I didn't expect to do because I thought that might be a bit intrusive or whatever and I, I I don't know I just wasn't sure but anyway people were really up for doing that sort of thing lots of stuff on binding again I, I thought that might be a bit cliche but it was something a lot of people were keen to do and anyway so we've done a lot of studio stuff and I mean I don't know why I was thinking like does this look queer enough? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it I is like, incredibly queer for yeah. anyone wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, but at the time I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's all studio and it's quite documentary and so on. Uh, we need to make this look proper queer. So let's get some glitter out. Um, so I sort of had this idea for this series, uh, which are quite different to, to the rest. And I was a bit worried that they didn't fit in initially. But now I think actually the more messy, the more different styles and so on in the bigger projects um, is is best. But for this, yeah, I just wanted to keep it sort of uniform, I guess. Um, so initially, this, sort of, this was really looking at sort of gender euphoria and, and sort of being very celebratory and, and positives and so on. However, that's not necessarily what was happening in the ideas and themes in the end, because it just depended where people were at with their mm-hmm. emotions at the time. So, but it, it was kind of this, I the, the one thing I would say to them is, you know, sort of try and sort of this openness. Um, so in directing them and how to be, I, I wanted them all to have like a really direct gaze to the camera. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, sort of fully in control and they're, looking at you as opposed to you looking at them as the audience Mm. you you know it's like you know they're not being objectified or anything at all they're completely in charge of their image Um, and I wanted a feeling of limitlessness um, and this sort of euphoric kind of atmosphere which is where the sort of colour and glitter came in as well and yes they so they chose their colours so in terms of the lighting and the glitter I got them to choose whatever they wanted for that um and then I sort of had a load of props and things and I you know I said bring something with you like for Chio they 
today. I'm so thankful. Um, <laughs> so thrilled that they bought their tampon crown. Um, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just that that was the last one. I was like, I'd sort of finished that series, really. But I had to have that. <laughs> I was like, Cheo, I have to have you in that crown. Um, so, so yes, I specifically asked them for that and knew exactly what I wanted with Cheo, I suppose. Um, and it took minutes to do that one. Uh, whereas oh. some of the others were a little bit more, we got a few things out. Um, with Lucy's, uh, they've got a big glitter ball in the zine. Actually, the glitter ball's placed beside them, but there's another mm-hmm. image where they're holding it on their belly, um, and it was besides their their sparkling cabaret career, <laughs> uh, they they also had this huge desire to be pregnant, and it's something they talked about from the start. Now they are pregnant, and they've done a lot of writing about being non-binary and pregnant, and how their gender identity has really come out more so. Um, and then with Leo, um, who was sort of my first sort of the main protagonist, if you like, that I was talking about before, uh, they we sort of postponed their shoot a couple of times and they were having like a real tricky time um, and so on. So when we got to doing the shoot and they chose pink and they chose to be completely naked um, and so on. I, I couldn't believe it. I was so surprised. We made this kind of enchanted forest bed thing and it was like just really camp and really joyful and the whole shoot was so fun. And it was basically because they'd they'd got a date for top surgery and just could oh, suddenly let go. And I mean, if you read their page in the book, it articulates how they were feeling um, and that 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 just that weight of letting go um, and being able to embrace, you know, some of the feminine things. But um, anyway, yes, they they felt they could be themselves, I guess, more. And they felt very free. um, And I think the images really show that as well. Yeah, that's so great. And thinking about um, the project as a whole, so you say it's a work in progress. What what do you think? Do you have kind of an end idea of like what it will all become or uh, what? Is there a plan? There doesn't have to be. I'm just wondering. <laughs> yes, yes, no, absolutely. No, it's it's definitely going to be uh, like a big super camp um, sort of art photo book. It's um, mm. uh, and 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 an exhibition. Definitely, I'm I'm going to apply for funding if I ever get my act together. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I I kind of see. I mean, as with everything in my archive. So yeah, I mean also all this work that I've been talking about and that it's all archived at Bishopsgate Institute and this project is part of that like all of my projects fit into this same big archive of sort of queer culture and people I guess um uh, so it's ongoing forever in a way but I see myself kind of working on it for another year or so before then working on a book and an exhibition so I kind of mm-hmm. I've got about 15 people that I've shot and they're all people that I know um but I'm now opening up to people that I don't necessarily know I mean I've probably seen them online or whatever uh so yeah. I just want to you know develop it as sort of as far as I can and in terms of making a book and an exhibition just make sure it's like as diverse as possible in as many ways as possible and when that feels ready yeah that's what will happen um yeah. and it'll be big and bold and bright and glorious um but it, and it's very much an art book you know as opposed to a this is um 
trans masculinity or <laughs> this is you know gender what gender non-conforming looks like and so on you know yeah. it's not a it, it will educate hopefully or open people's minds but predominantly it's an art project and it's very much for the people kind of involved and others like them yeah I'm sure that everyone who's been photographed is incredibly proud of the images because they're just stunning mm-hmm. um yeah it's so so cool so um with that in mind like what obviously this is a huge project and it's going to be some time still in the making but what else do you have in store for the future do you have any other ideas um yeah so yeah there's this one I've got so I I, so I had like a decade of work archived last year at Bishopsgate and that will be a book at some point, but that's constantly on the back burner. But every time I, you know, sort of start looking back at all my pictures and that, and then say I go to a an exhibition of sort of queer photography and that, I'm like, I get really excited about what this could look like as a book and an exhibition mm-hmm. and so on. But but it, I think the longer I leave it, the better it will be anyway. But that that's always, a, that's when I, if I ever run out of things to do, that's definitely <laughs> something that's going to happen. Uh, so some of the people that I've sort of developed a, a, a sort of relationship with and worked with over the years, I'm now looking to make sort of small publications um, with hopefully. So I'm kind of plotting with various people for that as well and it feels so exciting because your work's already been archived um at the Bishopsgate Institute for example obviously people can see how your work's progressed but there's a real kind of uh, recording of what queer culture has been like in London over the last I guess 10 or 12 years or so and one of the things that I'm I talk about quite often is just how there's often this lack of like uh, recording of history of sort of marginalized identities and it must feel really special or really powerful, I guess, to be part of that and to be actively documenting those things. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, as I was kind of scrolling through my blog thinking, oh, what can I talk about today? <laughs> I, uh, I I was reading something that I wrote like um, about the the Bishopsgate launch. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a really nice thing that Gareth Joyner, a.k.a. Myra Dubois, wrote straight after the launch um, about how they'd always and there's someone that's you know sort of from the I've known from the beginning um and they'd always dreamt of being part of a troop or a movement or something and it and suddenly sat there at my launch in this you know relatively small you know it's it's only just history in a way you know it's like really recent uh but they were they suddenly it clicked that oh my god I was part of something and all that creativity in the early days of um them making work and so on has been captured and you know and archived already Uh, so that was you know really affirming and brilliant and uh yeah it's like wow Uh, you know I never set out to do this it just happened and like I say Mm. I was (laughs) drunk for half of it Um, (laughs) (laughs) probably the best pictures they always are aren't they um but uh yeah and it's it's kind of ongoing you know I, I mean god like for about five or six of those years and this is after my decades of partying all the time but I was you know I was out with the camera all the time I'm like oh my god you you know um and I'm definitely not out all the time with the camera now I you know I prefer sort of working more on projects but I'm still documenting theatre um and uh, you know sort of queer theatre and performance uh you, you know 
anyway so it's it, it, it's it goes on that's great um, and I had two questions from that yeah if that's okay so one of them was around what it's been like this year with having such a lack of queer um sort of culture opportunities to photograph maybe I'll just start with that one first <laughs> yeah <laughs> knowing what my memory is like uh yeah so yeah it's obviously I mean I just like literally sort of went through my tax return for last year with all the millions of like little you know just lots of little jobs and this that and the other uh, a friend actually Tom articulated this quite well online recently how you know doing your tax return it 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 reminds you of all these little adventures you had, little jobs here and there and, you know, and this and that. Um, anyway, obviously a stark contrast to this year because I've had hardly any of that mm. kind of work because, um, that you know, I do kind of earn a living out of that as well. It's, there's a big crossover between my art and my freelance work. Uh, so, yes, there's been very little of that. But what's been on the upside, I have like put everything into the people like us um project I guess and mm-hmm. got that completely up to date with lots more editing and obviously did the zine and I've had a couple of commissions like uh, as an artist so I feel I've been I was sort of started out trying to be an artist if you like I'd never really have called myself anything then then I learned how to be a photographer and became a professional photographer and now I feel like I'm going back to being an artist again <laughs> yeah that's so um, cool yeah which I you know which is working out nicely for me but I wouldn't mind a bit more freelance again <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully next year <laughs> yeah yeah I was going to mention something that was so after two months of not actually touching my camera which was probably quite good for me actually because I really you know was out shooting a lot um but then um, I was invited to be part of Pride Inside, um, which was this series of socially distanced portraits of queer people uh, that ended up on billboards uh, for Pride in June. Um, so, and that was uh, that was the 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 brain child of a good friend of mine, Ginger Johnson, um, and a few people got together, and I think there was about fifteen photographers, all kind of going fairly locally to do these portraits and so I did Travis Adabanza um and who else Nando uh, I did Chio um and you know we hadn't seen people for uh, ages as well I mean it was really I remember it just being really hot and just being in the garden all the time so yeah not not a, not a bad way to spend <laughs> so time and I'd been doing a lot of writing and that so to go out with the camera and like talk to people and, and do like a joyful picture and the pictures like you know they were very happy joyful um things and on both parts it was just such like you know they were quite quick because it was you know all the the restrictions and stuff but just so joyous um and fun and and it would kind of you know I was sort of thinking shit I don't know if I can remember how to do this and it was like oh, wow. really good to have that little interlude for a week where I yeah. took some like photos um how interesting like a career full of yeah. <laughs> photography I'm, I think I'd forgotten it <laughs> yeah yeah I know really it's like that constant sort of you know the old self-doubt nagging unless yeah. I'm doing it over and over I'm like oh I can't do it anymore get nervous I, I know you mentioned earlier about um sort of feeling like you didn't really fit into the fine art world or that mm. kind of elite space and I wonder now with this amazing career behind you and obviously still ongoing um coming back into creating more what might be classed as art now I'm mm. I'm doing air quotes um, <laughs> no, I know what you mean <laughs> yeah 
how do you feel now in those spaces or is that is there still something there around not feeling quite like you fit in because I mean I don't really know what else you might need in order to Mm. to be good enough to fit into those spaces yeah it's a weird weird thing isn't it um yeah no Mm. I I definitely don't fit in and I I don't have any sort of recognition or reputation in that and and you know that's fine I'd say I'm still quite early on it's the same with the photography world um I I don't have any kind of connection or or particularly there or recognition you know the only people that recognize me and celebrate what I've done or you know or even see it maybe are people in the sort of queer underground and that's fine actually that's totally I was gonna cool, say which are also it? the best people <laughs> yeah it, it completely completely you know I have ambitions you, you know I want this work on big gallery walls you know I, I want to mm. be in the Tate or wherever uh, but then maybe I will be in 30 years time who knows I think you just got to keep chipping away but no I don't I certainly as a person I mean I'm invisible now I'm like middle-aged woman so um I'm, I'm even invisible in the gay bars now <laughs> uh which is okay but I y- yeah I, I would say I don't feel comfortable and it's like like theoretically uh, I know that I'm quite good <laughs> I've done a lot in a fairly short amount of time maybe a bit late mm. as well but that's okay yeah, I'm not part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? That, and I guess there's always, um, I don't know, is there always that that separation? I was just thinking in the queer community, you can, um, because it's such a small, tight knit community, mm. there can be people who are so super well known, but like outside in the, you know, in the world of the normals, mm. they're not well known. Mm. Um, and it's such a shame because like your your work needs to be seen by more Mm. than just the people that it represents I think as you said for like educational reasons but Mm. also just because it's brilliant Mm. (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes I mean like I I remember a friend saying when the Barbican had um the show what was it called uh catalogue somewhere Mm. oh I can't remember anyway it was like all all about outsiders and so on and um and you know totally a show that I would have fitted into but she was like yeah but because she works at the Barbican um and she was like but you know most of the artists are like old you know they're properly old that that were at the private view and stuff so it's like don't feel left out your your time will come and stuff so Mm. I was like that's good to hear um and it's true and like I mean I never set out well I didn't have an ego when I started all this (laughs) but I don't know it starts to creep upon you a bit doesn't it (laughs) Uh, like you know I'm like in my heart of hearts I'm just having a brilliant time and I'm gonna carry on because I love it um and then my my ego is like yeah I want a big exhibition and, and all this I want recognition and yeah I want you know I think it is important for these people to be seen and known because it's like there's so many amazing brilliant artists here yeah. on the underground as well but isn't that where that's what you know the best always remains underground maybe until Mm. we're all dead or something yeah and then it's too late then you'll be remembered (laughs) yeah exactly so we'll just have to be happy with that (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so much for joining me it's been so great and so interesting um as you know I think from listening I always ask people at the end what they are loving at the moment and I know you said you had a few things to share Yes, absolutely. Wow, that's gone so quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, yeah. Oh, I feel like I've done loads of 
talking and babbling as well I hope that's well, the point well, yeah yeah we'll we'll see how Being it comes yeah no it wasn't like yeah I was a bit worried that without all my pictures and that um <laughs> it might be a bit dry but anyway we'll see um yes okay do you want my so I don't know when this is going to come out so I don't know um if all of these things will be happening uh well I think we mentioned Travis earlier so Travis Alaban's uh during lockdown has written a play called Overflow, which uh, in true Travis style is now actually on show in a theatre. So very, pretty amazing that they've written a show and got it out there. Uh, So that's on at the Bush Theatre. And that's all about adventures in women's toilets, who, who they allow in and who they don't. And all those silly, hilarious, crazy moments uh, it sounds brilliant and I'm sure it will mm. be and there's always a real sly humor to Travis's very important you know serious work so very excited about that that's on till mid-jan um, I went to the Tate yesterday and saw the uh, massive exhibition by Zanil Maholi so if you don't know their work they're amazing um and if i'm very inspired by this person now so they they describe themselves as a visual activist um and they document and celebrate the lives of south african uh black lgbtqi communities um yeah so um one of their works that is probably a bit better known is uh phases and faces uh which are these black and white portraits of people from their community uh that are all afab uh non-binary or trans um i think and i didn't re- i've seen like a lot like they get they display them in sort of big grids um but they were like those massive tape walls filled mm-hmm. with them uh wow. hundreds i'd say i think yeah i think maybe they've done about 500 and it's ongoing as well so there's that and then there's more Kind of, it, their work's very intimate really powerful it's amazing go see it I realize those two things are quite expensive though <laughs> so that's on till June so I've got one last recommendation which is free um, and this is it's an online zine by um, my friend Harry Clayton Wright um, and it's called You Are the Know uh, and that's a real earworm, by the way, <laughs> if you uh, the oh, what's the singer? I can't remember. Anyway, um, it, so it's a new zine. It was initially commissioned by Homotopia um, and it was like a bit of a lockdown project for Harry. Uh, and he's recently had funding to do more. There's going to be four all together. Uh, and it's where they describe it as funny, entertaining, sexy, queer, mag. Um, and there's themes from sexuality to sobriety to good old show business. Um, Harry uh, had a show called Sex Education, all about their kind of sexuality and identity as a gay man uh, last year. And he's also part of, damn, what are their names? It's like a pants, but it's not pants. (laughs) Oh, it's a big, uh, like, uh, dance troupe uh, briefs briefs yeah Harry's part of briefs who people might have heard of because they're super famous uh, so yeah that's called You Wanna Know uh, there are two currently out and um, the third one is out in the new year and I'll have be featured in it so <laughs> little oh, plug cool. for myself too <laughs> oh that's great awesome thank you so much for sharing all of those and um, 
What about where people can find you? So we'll put all of the links and everything in the show notes. I know you have a website as well. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Hollyrebel.co.uk. Yeah. And uh, I guess, uh, were you going to ask me for a plug? I should plug my zine. Yeah. Yeah, please do. I'll plug it again as well. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the zine, it's, it's, um, it's got a hell of a lot of content, but I'm only selling it for a fiver because I want, you know, I want it to be accessible. I want people to be able to, to get hold of it and that. So I've got plenty of these available from the shop on my website. Um, yep so they're five pounds and hoping to get them out to venues and things next year when things start moving yeah yeah I'd really recommend anyone who wants to buy it buys it because it's so lovely lovely that's not the right word it's so beautiful (laughs) (laughs) and powerful it's it's insightful I suppose I mean I was really um you know I was just expecting little one-liner quotes from all the participants so there's 12 images and 12 quotes but I think about half of them gave me you know proper big pieces of writing well not huge Mm. but like a page or two page (laughs) uh and like really deep stuff as well um so so yeah I think and particularly uh for people a bit outside of of those identities it's extremely insightful and or inside actually um I mean you know everyone's different aren't they and these are uh, you know this is a fraction of the the many stories out there so yeah yeah absolutely well thank you so much and um yeah it's been great chatting to you Thank you. I, I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's like, it's strange. All oh, this is being recorded. And I, yeah, I just have no idea how that's going to come across, but we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Holly this week. Next week, I'll be back with another guest. And I hope that you're able to enjoy the first hints of spring as much as I am, because I am so excited to be able to be outside and in the sunshine more. It's really um, giving me a lot of hope and joy right now. So in the meantime, take care and see you all next week. Bye.